Focus on the Family Canada wants to inspire teen girls to grow in their faith with a new and improved Brio magazine. By nearly doubling the size of each magazine, teen girls will love the fresh new design, including more articles, interviews, and daily devotions focused on a growing faith in Christ. Inspire teen girls to grow in their faith. Order your subscription today at briomagazine.ca. That's briomagazine.ca. Or call 1-800-8-FAMILY. Finally, the voice inside of my heart said, there's nothing about this that is you, Audrey. This is not you. This is not you. You love your husband. You love your children. You love your family. You love God. This is not you. He's screaming, stop, stop, stop. That's Audrey Meisner describing the moral tug of war she experienced with the sin of infidelity. Audrey and her husband, Bob, are back with us on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for tuning in. I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, we had a powerful conversation last time with Bob and Audrey, who described how their picture-perfect marriage of 17 years began quickly to crumble because Audrey was involved with another man. Um, They were leading a church involved in full-time ministry. They had three kids, and everything seemed to be going well in their relationship. And then that unexpected thing happened. And you might say, why are we talking about this? You know why? Because a miracle occurred in their relationship. And I believe, as focus on the family, uh, we need to talk about these difficulties in our relationships because we need to be healthier in our marriages so that the world can see authentic Christian love for one another. And that's what you're going to hear today. It's not about the mistakes. Uh, They're present, and we talked about them last time. I often say, if you missed the program last time, you got to get it. Can I implore you to get it? If you're having marital difficulties, this is not a throwaway statement. Get a copy of what we talked about last time. It was so full of God's truth. It will help you. And today we're going to come back to this discussion and I think uh, honor the Lord and glorify the Lord with what he did in Bob and Audrey's life. Yeah, it's one of the most powerful stories we've heard all year. And uh, the CD and digital download can both be found at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A in the word family. And we also have details about the Meisner's book, Marriage Undercover, when you get in touch. Uh, Bob and Audrey, welcome back to the program. Thank Thank you. you. We're so honored to be here. And I'm honored to have you. I really am. And uh, some people who listened last time, uh, let's face it, they're going to have a mixture of emotions. Some will be mad at you, Audrey. Absolutely. You broke the covenant. Yes, yes. And And it was so selfish, the most stupid thing I could ever have done. Let's pick the story up. Um, Audrey, you committed that act. It lasted about three weeks, Mm -hmm. your affair with a Mm -hmm. younger man. Mm Mm-hmm. Bob, you had that gut feeling that something was going on. That's right. Um, A lot of spouses who have gone through that feel that. They knew Mm -hmm. something wasn't right but didn't know how to corral it, how to wrestle it down, how Mm -hmm. to get to truth. Mm -hmm. And here you are, self-described as a high-truth person. That had to be gnawing at you. And, Audrey, you came forward on your own free will to say, Bob, I have blown it big You know, when I asked that guy that I had the affair with to leave the city, just, you know, we can't have any form of friendship or relationship. This is being cut off completely. We never can see each other again. Done. He left the city, and I I had no intention of ever telling anyone, Jim. Are you kidding me? I am that girl that loves Jesus. I am that leader, that example to everyone. I'm a mom. This No one ever has to know. Nobody found out. 
This can be my secret forever. I had no intention of telling anyone. And then I fell to my knees and I said, God, I need you. I need you. I want relationship back. You know, it's kind of like David's prayer, like you mentioned, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. That was sort of my cry to God, like I did this terrible thing, God. So create in me a clean heart. And I felt in my heart that whisper of God say, you need to tell Bob. I was like, what? Like, I will never do this again. No one ever has to feel the extreme pain of this. This does not have to be confessed. Mm. You know, and I think back and I think, you know, God says, confess your sins to me and I'll forgive you. But in James, it says, confess your sins to one another. And that's when he heals you. Yes. You know, like we want to be forgiven, but God wanted us healed. And he loved me enough to say, Audrey, you're going to have to tell Bob. Take us back, Bob, to that moment sure. when Audrey is pouring out her heart just as she is there. Yeah. And I so appreciate it, Audrey, again. I admire who you are. Thank um, you, Jim. I really do. And Thank people you, can judge decisions that you make that everyone makes and be harsh. But God's heart is for you. Thank His you. heart is for us. Mm-hmm. And, Bob, uh, you're in the moment. You're the one representing the heart of God in this marriage. And Audrey tells you this. What happens next? Well, in that moment, my mind goes immediately. I mean, we all know fight or flight. And then the third one is freeze. And so in my mind, I began to create images of my mind of leaving. Because I knew it would only be a few days before others would begin to question, you know, where's Bob? You know, the kids, where's daddy? But my whole intent was that then she would be exposed for what she did to me. Because I knew, you know, just of our pattern over 17 years, I'm so sorry, forgive me, let's move on. And I'm like, this is bigger than just a little oops or a blip on the map. This is a big deal. And we just can't ignore this. And so I thought of leaving. That was my initial. And I wanted her to feel my anger. I wanted her to, you know, uh, sense my rage and disgust with this. You know, initially I thought, oh, maybe she did something inappropriate. But with my interrogating, you know, words towards her, I began to find out that no, it was actually a sexual affair. I mean, I was enraged. And I think our listeners need to hear that. I mean, really angry. I went to my office and I stared at a blank wall. So you, you didn't respond to Audrey in that moment, or you did, or no. you just went. You I just shut listened, down. asked questions. You know, found out that it had actually happened. This person was now out of town. Now I got to deal with her. So you walk away. I walk away. What happens? The only prayer I could get out was this: You know, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Oh. And immediately I was reminded of a book that was on my bookcase. Call that author. He had been a guest on our television program earlier. I called him, and he begins, you know, to just ask a few questions. The first one was, who knows? I said, nobody. He says, good, let's keep it that way. And I'm like, wait a minute. We need to get the elders, the deacons, the leadership. We need to get a committee together because we need to discuss and figure out how are we going to fix her. She's the problem. And he says, don't tell the children, don't tell anyone until we are able to speak together later tonight. That evening, we sat together. We could hardly be in each other's presence. I mean, I was that angry. And I was that scared. And we're staring at a speakerphone. 
and he begins to just challenge me, speaking truth. And I'm a little confused because I was waiting for him to rip into her saying, Audrey, what were you thinking? What were you doing? How could you have done this? Bob, you didn't deserve this. I can't believe she would do something like this to you. Meanwhile, he's challenging me as a man and as a husband and as a father. Proverbs 25 verse 2 was one of the verses he used, and it was this. It's God's glory to conceal a matter, but for a king to discover its understanding. He's challenging me with the love of a father. Bob, would you cover your wife rather than exposing her? You see, everything inside of me wanted to expose her. Everything inside of me wanted to shame her. Look what she did to me. But all that would do is puff up my self-righteousness. I'm the innocent one here. I'm the victim here. She did this to me. And he says, that's not the heart of God. Well, Bob, I so appreciate that reminder. But again, it's kind of like Peter in the garden. You're operating... So much out of the flesh in that moment, because you have all the right to be vengeful, to be bitter. And the key thing is, how do you bridle yourself and your flesh to say, okay, I'm going to react in the spirit of God. I'm going to be Stephen. I'm going to say, Lord, forgive her for what she's done to me. I'm not at that place yet. I'm not. I was not at that place yet. I was too angry. So it takes time. Oh, gosh, yeah. But you see, I needed a man of God to challenge me. You see, I needed somebody to come alongside me because I knew left to my own demise, I would blow this thing up. All out of the flesh. I would have. I had a victim mentality and I was making it all about me. And I had no concept of the pain and the heartache that she was going through. So he's speaking these words to me, and they're just words. But what I was choosing to do was, I'll obey you, and I'll trust you. I can't trust her. She's betrayed me. She's lied to me. Why did you But I'll that? trust you. Why did you say, yes, I'll trust you? What because inside I, you? I was crazy. Yeah. You no, needed really, an anchor. Yeah, I needed somebody. Otherwise, I mean, I don't want to hurt my kids. I don't need to hurt other people. I wanted to involve everybody. But I needed somebody to just help me and to bring some truth. You see, when you're willing to embrace truth, it's there that you experience grace. You see, we all want to experience the grace of God absent from truth. But I needed his realities truly to become mine. So when you're willing to embrace truth, no matter how countercultural it might be, feel, no matter how opposing to your present situation it is, when you're willing to embrace that truth, it's there that you begin to experience that grace. So that very first night, before I hung up the phone, I said, I have one more question for you. Where do I sleep tonight? Do I sleep on the couch? You know, do I get a hotel? You know, do I go to her parents' house? Where do I go tonight? And he said, Bob, You're going to get right back into your marriage bed tonight. You and Audrey will not spend one night apart from each other because we will not participate with a spirit of divorce. Mm -hmm. Wow. It was, yeah, a real wow. And, you know, we went to bed that night. We didn't cuddle. I hugged the edge of the bed. But what was so surprising to me, I call it the darkest night of my life, because not only was every hope 
and dream of the future erased. Mm. But every happy memory of 17 years was gone. Yeah. And the enemy just began to scream to me, unlovable, <sighs> undesirable. She's never cared for you. She never will. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. My mom had a mental illness when I was growing up that I didn't really understand. Um, And she didn't ever have a diagnosis until I was 17. So a lot of um, things would happen um, in my childhood that I had to grow up really fast to deal with. And Odyssey was just always um, a comfort for me and always something that I could go back to um, that kind of helped make my world make sense. Rory had a tough childhood caring for her mother pretty much on her own. But she found comfort and hope through Focus on the Family's radio program for kids. I did a lot. I, like, went into my head a lot. Um, And without God and without Adventures in Odyssey, I think that I could have ended up in a really, really dark place with those thoughts. I'm Jim Daly. Together we can encourage more children like Rory, especially during this pandemic. Donate today at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. Insurance is all about convenience and claim service. Hi, this is Danny Deeks, president of Deeks Insurance. At Deeks, this means in case of an accident or loss, the last thing you should worry about is reaching your insurance broker. Our insurance partners offer 24-7 claim service to get you the help you need anytime, day or night. As your broker, we will be there to help guide you through the claims process. To learn more about our claim service or our home and auto insurance products, you can visit us at deeksinsurance.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. We'll continue now with the balance of our programming. Bob and Audrey, uh, we're hearing this, we're seeing the emotion. I mean, your eyes are full of tears, which will probably never leave you in a beautiful way. The scars of love. Um, Again, that's not all the bad news. Um, There's more to come a couple weeks after Audrey, you've told Bob, you're working through that. You're trying to get up every morning after staying in the same bed at night, clinging to the edge of that bed. Um, You get more news. Yes, because when I told Bob about the affair, that was the worst day. I didn't think I could face my future. Just the fact that I had caused so much betrayal and pain in our relationship. I didn't know if I could take another day of it, as you said, Mm -hmm. of going to bed every night. But then two weeks later... I found out, and we were both in a doctor's office, that I was pregnant as a result of this affair. And we knew it was not from Bob, this baby. Mm. And the first question the doctor said within a split second was, do you want to continue this pregnancy? And he must have seen the devastation on our face. And he didn't know the story, but he could feel our our pain. And Bob said yes. So we walked out of that, that doctor's office, and I didn't think I could face my life. Because you see, I'm that girl. That happy, joyful, I love Jesus girl. And now I'm carrying a baby. And this baby won't look like the other kids. I love my children. They're 10, 12, and 15 years old. And the voice that screamed into my ear was, everyone is going to know the most stupid and selfish thing you've ever done. That's what you're going to be known for, for the rest of your life. And this baby will remind you every day. And this baby will remind you, and your kids are going to be screwed up because of you. Those kids you love so much, you've just messed up their world. (sighs) Everything is over. There's no happy ending. Mm. And you are disqualified from ever saying you love God. 
So in the middle of simply trying to get your marriage back together, now that you got this happening, what does that discussion sound like, Bob? There wasn't much of a discussion. When I was in that doctor's office, immediately I knew what I was being asked to do. I, it was not even a thought. I have a baby coming, and I have a new responsibility. This baby's innocent. Yeah. This baby has done nothing wrong. And this baby needs a dad. Take uh, your it. Man, I can't think of a more profound pro-life statement than the one you just made. This isn't your child. Your wife has an affair. She's pregnant. And you say, I will raise this child as Absolutely. my own. Absolutely. And, Who, it, it, and there me, was no doubt. Let me just ask, yeah. and this is not a political statement. This is a yeah. moral statement. Who can contend with you philosophically on that from the, those that support abortion? When you have that heart, who can come to you? Who has the right to come to you to say you're wrong? My motivation isn't to be right. My motivation is to love. And this child needs a dad. This child needs a home. And that is a responsibility that I have. Audrey, were you in that same spot? I mean, no. you see Bob going, okay, we'll raise this child you know, as our own. I remember walking out of that doctor's office, and honestly, I was buckling. I couldn't walk, and I was hanging on to his arm. And I remember feeling this strength from Bob, and I was going, where is this coming from? Like, don't you know my mom and dad started the first Christian TV show in Canada? Like, we are well known. Everyone knows our family in this nation. And I am, I am a disgrace. I am a disgrace. Do you get it? Do you understand the message I'm sending to everybody? That this is the worst. And that desperation, I, I was alone in my kitchen. Nobody was home. And I made a phone call to the abortion clinic. And it's not political. It's not because of my belief system. I did not believe in abortion, but I was desperate. I have mercy for those ones who choose in that moment that there's no way out. I am so scared out of my mind that this reality is something I'm not strong enough for. And I said, God, I don't want to take that next step of murder. I can't do the next step. And I, you see, because what I was wanting was to be, I was begging God. I said, well, then God, if I'm not going to have this abortion, you know, I love you, God. This is real to me. You've been my father my whole life. You've been my best friend. And I don't ask for a lot, but I'm begging you, God, take this from me. Please give me a miscarriage. Take this baby to heaven. Please, please, I'm begging you. And I think back at that moment like it was just today. And I can say, because God loves me so much, he did not answer my prayer. Mm. Because I was asking God for an evacuation out of my current circumstances. But in his father's love, he comes to me exactly where I am. And he says, Audrey where I'm not going to take you out of this. I'm going to come to you right where you are. And I'm going to walk you through this. And when you walk through these painful times, you're going to find me like you've never found me before. When you feel like the whole world is against you and judging you for your worst mistake, I'm going to be the one telling you who you are. And we are going to walk through this. And when you get on the other side, you'll never be the same. Boy, isn't that what Jesus is saying to us? Yeah. Screaming it through scripture. Yes. I mean, here's the point in Scripture. There are mostly messed up characters in there. Yeah, And we've true. talked about them. It's and here's, here's the neon sign for all of us. We are them. Yeah. We are messed up too. Yeah. 
And we need God's love and his grace in our life, and we need to be able to show it to others around us. All right, a deep breath, because I want to ask you about this child. He's the most handsome. He's the one of the greatest gifts our family has ever experienced. He's not an outsider. He's my son. And the challenge, you know, in our journey to wholeness, the biggest challenge that I had as a dad was will I be able to love this baby as my own or will he forever be a reminder of the betrayal and the rejection? I recognized that I had a limited capacity for love, not his problem, my problem. And it's detailed in the book in that journey. But again, going back to the covering that I was being challenged with, that's how we told our children. One evening they came and we sat as a family on the floor. But before I ever spoke a word, I pulled a large blanket from the bed. And with Audrey there on the floor, I took that blanket and I covered her from head to foot. And I wrapped my arms around her. And I looked deep into my children's eyes. And I said, kids, this is what God does when we make a mistake. He comes to us and he covers us. And he wraps his arms around us. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. With Audrey covered and held in my arms, she's four months pregnant. I'm speaking to my children, my love and my devotion for their mom, my wife. I'm speaking to them that we're a family and that we belong together. I'm speaking as much confidence and assurance as I can that I'm not going anywhere. We're a family. And it was a journey. It was a hard journey. But before that little baby was born, God had to work on me. And we had people coming to us saying, you don't need to keep this baby. You can adopt this baby out. All of those challenges that I was facing. But the biggest thing was my anger. And one morning with my pastor, I was begging him to answer the question for me, what do I do? And he said to me, look me square in the eye. He says, Bob, there's a baby on your doorstep. What do you do? Will you participate with this fatherless generation or will you become a father to the fatherless? Bob, you've got to grow up. So in that, ho- <laughs> yeah. so in that hospital room, and I choose my words carefully, when my son was born, when our son was born, I gave him my name, Robert, because I don't want him to ever question one day in his life whose boy he is. He's my son. His middle name is Theodore. It means divine gift. He's not an accident. He's not a mistake. He's not the result of a sexual affair. Just like my other three children, he's born out of the heart of God and entrusted to us. We're a family, and he belongs. Powerful. I mean, Bob, that is so powerful. And we're all adopted into his family. Totally. That's what's so beautiful. So much. Bob and Audrey, um, fantastic story. I can't imagine the pain in the moment and what you both went through, what your family went through, uh, to heal, to restore, and the good decisions that you made um, in the face of, I'm sure, overwhelming opportunity. Uh, to walk away and to just start over. Mm -hmm. But I can only imagine God is smiling 
to say, this is how it should be. And he knows that you love him. Look at the commitment you both have made, mm. even in the darkness of it all. Yeah. You're such great examples. Can, but in this, I want people to see, look at the commitment God has made to you. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm emotionally wrung out here, but spiritually challenged. Thank you for doing that to just me. Mm. I'm sure you, John, and I'm sure many, many of you. And can I just say that I know the one listening who had the abortion or, or the, it ended a divorce. I just want to speak to that listener. And I say it doesn't matter what has happened up till this point, that you can draw a line in the sand and just choose to believe that my Redeemer lives. He, God has this incredible, exceptional love where he can turn something and love you in that place of pain. And as Bob said, make a way out. But it's not over. Even though your story doesn't have the same ending as ours, please hang on to the hope that that's what you did, but that is not who you are. You are loved. You are a treasure. And there's hope and a bright future for you. And that is the right place to say thank you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Hang on to hope. Uh, That was something that really was a key theme in this conversation the past couple of days on Focus on the Family with Drs. Bob and Audrey Meisner. You know, John, uh, hope is essential if a marriage is going to survive, but it's not hope in our efforts uh, to forgive or overcome or reconcile. It's hope in God, uh, believing that he holds the key to our success and future. And that's true whether you're in a marriage crisis or not. Even healthy, loving marriages need hope in Christ in order to uh, stay that way. And now I'm sure there are some listening right now who don't have much, if any, hope, and you feel like giving up. If that's the case, please contact us here at Focus on the Family. We want to help rescue your marriage and get you to a better place with the Lord. Uh, We have our counseling team, and we have Hope Restored, where we provide intensive counseling over several days for couples who are on the brink of divorce. We call it Hope Restored for a reason, because we've seen God work miracles in broken marriages that seemed impossible to fix. It really is an amazing program with incredible results. Uh, We also have the Meisner's book, Marriage Undercover, which shares much more of their story. Order your copy from us today and maybe get a copy for a friend who needs this kind of encouragement. Well, all of these resources can bring hope back into the relationship with your spouse if you're willing to let the Lord work in your hearts. Uh, But timing is critical. Don't delay. Get the help you need to save your marriage today. And if you're in a good place with your spouse and your marriage, can I invite you to partner with us to rescue and strengthen other marriages that are hurting? Uh, Your financial gifts provide the fuel we need to create programs like this one and provide the resources we've mentioned today. So please, support Focus on the Family Canada. And let me say thank you in advance for your generosity. And right now, there's a special matching gift opportunity where any donation you make will be doubled, which means uh, more help and more hope for the families that we serve together. So please, uh, be as generous as you can today and know that your gift will be doubled. Uh, Call us if you need information about Hope Restored or if you'd like that book or if you can donate. Our number again, 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. 800, the letter A in the word family. You can also donate and get the help you need online at focusonthefamily.ca. 
On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.